We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Napa know-how. Napa guy knows not to judge a man by his car's multicolor paint job or absence of modern gadgetry. Who cares if it's technically old enough to vote and the windows are powered by the strength of your left arm? Your monthly payment is zero, and it'll stay that way. Because with over 500,000 parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep anything on the road. She may not be pretty, but she's all yours. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Geico presents sharing versus oversharing. Today, Bridget Griffin shared a video of her daily yoga routine, two self-help articles, and her new blog called Build Your Inner Bridge with Bridge. Girl, your sharing has turned into oversharing. No worries, Bridge. Geico has some info worth sharing with your seven blog followers, like how you could save money on your car insurance, update your policy, and report a claim just by visiting geico.com. How's that for building your inner bridge? Bridge, Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com. 
the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code ROTOWIRE when you deposit for a free contest entry today. This is our fourth episode of the 2015 Fantasy Football Podcast. If you've already been listening or listened to the podcast last season, you know we have a rotation of hosts throughout the week. I'm Clay Link. I'll be here every Thursday alongside Jake Latarski, who you can follow on Twitter at jakeski 52 I'm at Clay W. Link. Once the regular season gets underway, the Thursday edition of this podcast will focus primarily on the upcoming week's slate of games, but for now we're just going to be talking big news, general draft strategy. Jake, good to be on with you. This is, I mean, we did this last year, but uh, I'm excited to, I've been so heavily invested in, in baseball, and we still have a couple months to go, but I'm excited to, to really start delving into the fantasy football yeah absolutely happy to be back on here with you clay uh recreating the last year's thursday episode of the fantasy football podcast where like you mentioned we'll be previewing the upcoming week's slate of games uh we won't be doing too much preseason preview or anything like that so for now these thursdays are are going to be primarily things like draft strategy analyzing the big news uh you know breaking down maybe some injuries for the day or or just uh recapping drafts that we're in together and 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 all, all that fun kind of stuff so uh looking forward to getting going with you uh keeping back that winning combo from last year. Yeah, absolutely. And if you like the podcast, uh, please rate and review on iTunes. Also available on, on Stitcher as well. Uh, so be sure to check us out. Also, I mean, not to kiss ass, but the East Coast Offense podcast, Chris Liss, gave that a listen. Pretty pretty good stuff, so definitely. Mm-hmm. So if you're yeah. uh, looking for more content outside of the Fantasy Football Podcast, be sure to check out Liss's uh, personal podcast there. Now, Jake... We do have some big news to get to. I mean, it's been relatively quiet this week, but Deshaun Jackson suffered a grade two shoulder separation at practice Thursday. Appears likely to miss at least a couple weeks. Injury occurred in one-on-one drills. Forced him to the sidelines. Shoulder was wrapped up. Now, it looks like he's going to be, you know, miss some preseason action, but are you confident given this timetable that he's going to be ready to go for the regular season opener? Yeah, I mean, he seems like uh, the kind of player that, would be able to get over something like this soon of course this happened very early on in camp so he's got plenty of time to recover he's a veteran guy he doesn't really need to rush back to the practice field he's got plenty of reps he's kind of familiar with that offense and just the type of receiver that he is it's unlikely they'll have him returning punts or anything like that so you know kind of the outside receiver the deep threat there and a shoulder injury shouldn't be a a major hindrance to his play overall Looking over at uh, Deshaun Jackson's average draft position, uh, as it currently stands, he's sitting at about 27 among wide receivers. So he's kind of right in the area with uh, Jeremy Macklin, Martavis Bryant, Vincent Jackson, Roddy White. I actually uh, maybe a little bit down on him as far as overall outlook for the rest of the season, not because of this injury, but just because of the offense another year and then the injury doesn't help anything, of course. I'd, I Even in the Kansas City offense, I think I like Macklin better and yeah, maybe same. a little bit higher on Martavis Bryant. But just kind of a perspective of where he's going in drafts right now. He's not a top 50 overall player by any means. And yeah, I mean, this is you can't really overreact to news in training camp because, as I mentioned, the veterans don't necessarily need preseason games. Wouldn't be surprising. I mean, we see guys like Adrian Peterson in the past where they don't uh, don't even really play in the preseason. They just save it for the real thing. And I think the same can be applied to Jackson here. And then there's not much uh, to change regarding his outlook. If you were low on him coming in, maybe you're even lower on him. If you were high on him coming in, he falls maybe a couple spots at most just because of the risk of it lingering. But at the same time, he, he's probably going to get it taken care of and be ready for week one. You know, 
I see some profit potential with Jackson, and maybe this injury just further drives down that price, that ADP. What did you say the ADP was overall? Uh, you, well, it was 27 among wide receivers, and uh, okay. overall I didn't quite I get there yet, but That's uh, fine, I'll but have I, you in a, in a second. Thanks. I was looking at our rankings uh, on the site, and we have Jackson 54th overall uh, among receivers, not entirely sure, but it's uh, at that spot, I mean, looking at some of the guys ahead of him that we have, you know, this including all positions, but Cam Newton, Carlos Hyde, uh, Peyton Manning, Matt Ryan, Frank Gore. I, I just feel like uh, there's some some potential to be had here because you look at the numbers. I mean, I get he's 28 now. He's you know doesn't have you know kind of a, has a slight frame. There are injury concerns with him, but he's been pretty durable throughout his career to this point. Uh, the the 20.9 yards per reception last season, second best mark of his career. Six touchdowns. He gets some more stability. At the quarterback position, second year in that offense, I think there's some some profit to be had. I'm not saying he's uh, should be much higher than our ranks have him. I think that's certainly fair. But I think you know if you get past that first wave, even that second wave of receivers, maybe you miss out on Kelvin Benjamin, Brandon Cooks, Keenan Allen. I think you're you know he could do a lot worse than getting Sean Jackson as a wide receiver too. Yeah, and in terms of ADP right now, I said I'd look that up. We've got Deshaun Jackson sitting at 60th overall, so he's actually sandwiched right in between quarterbacks, Russell Wilson and Ben Roethlisberger, who a lot of people are uh, are, are very high on this year. I thought maybe I'd sneak in and get Roethlisberger cheap, but it uh, doesn't look like I'm going to be able to do that anymore. People are ready for that high-powered offense. So I don't know. I still think there's plenty of good quarterback talent to be found in, in, in the later rounds. So when you're sitting there at the 60th, uh, fourth, fifth round in, in a 12-teamer there, uh, Deshaun Jackson's a very reasonable pick still, and the injury doesn't really change much uh, overall for me. Yeah, still has that big you know, home run ability. Yep. Can, can really bust one out for a long touchdown. I, a, I, a good daily tournament yeah, play definitely. because see, there's always the risk that he busts and has you know one catch for 15 yards, but at the same time he could have you know one of those three catches, 130 yards, two touchdowns games, and, yeah. and that's really good for tournaments in, in daily on a site like DraftKings. You know, target efficiency has always been a bit of a, a knock to against him, and certainly been the case over recent years. You know, 94 targets last season, just 56 receptions, 126, 82, 85, and 45 past couple of years. And that aside, I, you know, he may not be the most consistent guy for fantasy, but yeah, especially daily and the kind of wide receiver two that that's boomer bust. Not ideal, at least for me. I like some more consistency, but. It, Again, if I'm missing out on, on those guys I mentioned, Allen, Cooks, Kelvin Benjamin, those types, uh, I think I'd be happy to get Deshaun. I do think I would take Macklin. I'm with you on that. But uh, it's it's very close, only slightly, because Casey's just not going to throw the ball much, I wouldn't imagine. Of course, their, their wide receivers didn't do much of anything last season. Another guy we have slightly ahead of Deshaun Jackson in our rankings. Be sure to check those out on the site. Uh, those are going to be continued to be updated as the as the preseason moves forward. But Michael Floyd suffered three dislocated fingers in Wednesday's practice recovery timetable set at three to four weeks, which is good news because initially it was going to be six weeks due to, due to what was labeled broken fingers, but apparently just uh, dislocated. So pretty good news on, on Floyd's part. Uh, timetable three to four weeks suggests that you know he he still has a chance to be ready for week one, but we will see at how he progresses in the weeks ahead. But what do you think of Floyd? I mean, he was somebody that disappointed to a large extent last season, but do you think, you know, there's kind of that post-hype 
uh, sleeper value to be had there? Yeah, I mean, I was one of the unfortunate owners of him last season where the production absolutely didn't quite live up to the average draft position. And I think that's going to put a bad taste in a lot of owners' mouths this year. And I think there's a good chance you're going to be able to sit back on him and get him in some of the mid-rounds, maybe somewhere between 5 and 7, like we mentioned with Deshaun Jackson there. Uh, his ADP has already reacted to the news if it hadn't been like that already. Average ADP is uh, 83.34, 80th overall player. Wow. Um, really? Yeah. So uh, yeah. we have him 44, so we're pretty high on him. Yep. Yeah. Which uh, I, I like because, mm-hmm. I mean, the talent's there. Yeah, the talent's absolutely there. So uh, this is one of the things that uh, might set Roto Wire apart here. But uh, just looking at that overall depth chart, I think John Brown's going to have a better season uh, than he did last year. He perhaps might be ready to take a step forward. And Larry Fitzgerald at the same time maybe taking a step back. We always wonder about that. Which year is it really going to happen for Fitzgerald, who's on the wrong side of 30 right now, but still has something left in his tank. Actually, Fitzgerald, we have projected for 800 yards and five touchdowns, so pretty modest projection. This is probably the year where Floyd overtakes Fitzgerald. I know we said it was going to happen last year, and we saw signs of it at times last year, but it didn't quite happen like that. And I think only logically this is the next step in the progression for both of these players. And it's very good news to see just dislocated and not broken. Um, But either way, I mean, we've seen players play through these types of injuries before. Des Bryant did it a couple years ago for the the Cowboys. So it can be done. Uh, Some players react adversely to it, and it uh, affects their drops a little bit. So hopefully that's not the case with Floyd. We wouldn't want to see him move down the depth chart because of that. It'll cost him some valuable practice time at least, but... He should be available in the early parts of the season, and uh, if anything, fantasy owners can react to this, and uh, it seems to be the word of the day, profit, but possibly get some profit to find here. You know, that's I was actually reading Matthew Barry's Draft Day Manifesto, by the way. I recommend checking that out. It was long, very long. We oh, didn't yeah. get through all of it, but very good reading. He's just talking about, you know, fantasy football is really about you know, minimizing risk and giving yourself the best chance to win on a week by week basis. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, with Floyd, you know, he's a little banged up now, but I just don't see a ton of risk with a guy like this, especially in that offense. Now, last couple games last season with Carson Palmer, he didn't do much at all. He didn't exceed 50 yards in any of, uh, well, from weeks, it looks like three through three through nine or so. I'm just glancing at the the game log here, but had two 200 yard games in his first three weeks uh, with Col- with Carson Palmer there, and I think with with Palmer uh, hopefully healthy, that that Floyd should should definitely emerge as if not you neck and neck with Fitzgerald overtaking him as you said I think that's entirely possible yeah and then the recent history also helps week 16 against San Francisco who's uh maybe not the defense they once were but still no slouch the way I see it he really came up big caught eight passes for 153 yards and two touchdowns so uh he and yeah and in that game he had four different separate receptions of over 20 yards so you'd like to see players finish strong like that of course week 17 against Carolina he had one catch for minus 12 so it doesn't necessarily fit to finish strong but if we can get Exactly. If we can get a full season out of Carson Palmer, that only means good things for him because, I mean, we all know what a mess that quarterback situation was after he was hurt last season. Floyd hasn't missed a game in, in three professional seasons. So, uh, yeah, the, the yardage total last season, disappointing, but the yards per reception is actually career best, 17.9. Pretty good mark. Also six touchdowns career best. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking he could be a, a pretty big difference maker for owners. I like that we're this aggressive on a guy like Michael Floyd, because again, disappointing last season, but all the talent in the world. Marquise Lee of the Jaguars will be out 
the next two weeks due to a strained hamstring, left practice Wednesday. He's somebody I kind of you know took some flyers on in some very deep leagues, like 14-teamers last year. And this team, you know, has has some more weapons offensively for sure. But uh, is is Lee a guy that you know should be left only for those very deep leagues, or do you think maybe he has some some breakout potential? I think if it's deeper and it's uh, PPR, I think that really helps things quite a bit for him because I, I I don't know, I just I see him as more of a possession guy than someone who's going to make a major impact in the red zone. It's not like he's small; he's six feet, one hundred ninety ninety pounds. But I mean. Guy, when you're looking at the Jaguars offense, I, I just feel like guys like Allen Robinson and even Mercedes Lewis will get looked to in the, ed, in, the, in, the, in the red zone a little bit more often than that. So the PPR league would help it a lot for me. And it just seems like uh, it, it's, it's one thing after another. I don't think it's fair to, shed, uh, to label him injury prone just yet. He did miss three games in his rookie year. So that's something to keep an eye on. But uh, our NFL editor, Mike Doria, today made a funny comment. He said he... Mark, now that Cecil Shorts is gone from Jacksonville, Marquise Lee inherited his hamstring, which is kind of similarly <laughs> similarly what we have going on here. Um, hamstring injuries, they're very tough without an actual grade to uh, to place on a strain like that. And you could, I, I mean, just looking through our player news, getting ready for this podcast, there's hamstring injuries left and right. They're all over the place um, at this stage of camp. People are coming into training camp in the hot hot summer months for the first time maybe not hydrating as best as as they could be or maybe they're not in the shape that they're accustomed to and the hamstring injuries just kind of happen this one it looks like a two-week timetable according to Adam Schefter so that's a pretty reliable source but again at this point in drafts there's really not much you can do to react on that maybe you are a little bit more bearish on on Lee just because of the potential for injury prone label and the fact that he missed games last year but he should be back for the third or fourth preseason game hopefully the third but there's no reason to push him if it's the preseason so something to keep an eye on and if he does fall far enough there's a chance for some value there I like him in PPR leagues maybe as a wide receiver three type flex uh, and even that's a little bit optimistic I guess but uh, he's worth a look at least uh, I mean absolutely yeah especially in the yeah, PPR I think that's uh the, the format that definitely favors a guy like that because he should get looks assuming he is healthy I think that was well put. I don't have a ton to add to that. I actually just want to throw this out there, getting back to that Matthew Berry's draft day manifesto, just for our listeners. Kind of a funny story, if you haven't read that piece. Uh, he starts it off with a story, true story apparently, about a guy, fantasy football commissioner, who had a had a league owner or a team owner who was facing a, a three-year stint in the in the in prison. So and the, the draft was coming up. They had to figure something out. He ends up writing the judge a letter asking <laughs> asking for the leniency, asking for forgive well, not forgiveness, but just uh asking him to I don't know if he actually mentioned the fantasy league in the letter, but uh, I'm gonna have to read that again. But it's pretty amazing. He ended up getting, you know, house arrest essentially. So he was able oh, to boy. So he's able to do he the was draft. able to do the draft. Awesome. So I mean, I just think that's amazing. The lengths fantasy owners will go to just kind of shows how how serious people are so many diehard fantasy football fans fantasy football really ingrained as part of part of the culture now which is pretty cool getting back to the news tevin coleman missed thursday's practice for the falcons and Devontae freeman left practice uh with hamstring strains leaving teron ward to see first team reps any reason to uh you know be a little cautious about this a little worried or 
are you like a lot of people I've seen on Twitter, just avoiding the Falcons' backfield pretty much altogether? Yeah, I mean it's tough. I want to see how it plays out a little bit, but like I was talking about with Marquise Lee, uh, it just hamstrings left and right for the reason that I mentioned before in this uh, at this stage in camp. Uh, I mean, best case scenario, they're back in a day or two. Worst case scenario, they're back in a week or two. Haven't seen anything yet come down to suggest it's any more serious than that. So, no, I'm not moving Teron Ward up my draft boards because he got first team reps today. But uh, it, I'm going to watch it. It's going to be one of those things that I want to watch during the preseason. And even then, how much stock do you really put into a preseason matchup? But just want to see how the carries distribute and to see if Devontae Freeman could eventually take that next leap forward or if maybe they have to look elsewhere in the running game because – the passing game should be fine in that offense. Uh, Matt Ryan's still the, the classic Julio Jones, Roddy White combo is going to be a solid foundation, but they're going to need to run the football to set that up. And somebody's going to b- benefit from that. And who knows who it'll be. Even Steven Jackson in his better years wasn't necessarily great in that offense. So we'll see what happens. Of course, I think Freeman's the front runner. Uh, Coleman's going to give him a run for his money, but it, it's a big question mark right now. So I'm avoiding it until further notice. Yeah, I don't, see a lot to like at all aside from Freeman maybe in PPR I know Chris Liss ended up with him I think in Stopa if I remember right and he thought about maybe taking him in in our Roadwire Vegas League draft but I do think Freeman is mainly a PPR type of guy even though I did notice in the Vegas League the only draft I've done so far this season that after about the the fifth or sixth round there is such a steep drop off in, in terms of quality running backs I think if you can get a guy like Freeman, you know, after those all those good guys, uh, potential potential upside guys are gone. I mean, if he has a role, there's at least some value to be had. Even though I'm primarily looking at him as a uh, PPR borderline flex at, at best. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I I don't think you can take him with plans of using him in your lineup on a week-to-week basis he fits in more of uh I guess we'll get to a strategy later but if you punt running backs early and take five or six sleepers with your last pick he's more in that category for me so maybe he has a one in five chance of breaking out and that'd be good for that type of strategy Josh McCown remains the Browns number one quarterback on the depth chart not surprising but Johnny Manziel uh you know, still working to kind of regain the, his teammates' trust, I think. And Jake, you're the Browns beat writer, still correct? Yes, I mean, you have a million correct. things on your plate. <laughs> I didn't know if you'd possibly given that up. But, yep. Uh, I mean, are you reading into this, or is this just, you know, veteran atop the depth chart, just, you know, classic move here, make make a guy like Manziel uh, earn, earn reps and wrestle them away from, from account? Yeah, well, I mean, the only reason this is newsworthy is because, uh, I mean, the Manziel hype isn't nearly what it was last year, but we do still see a little bit of overreaction anytime his name gets mentioned in a news ep- or news item, and I just wanted to sort this out. Because Manziel was taking first-team reps at practice uh, for a couple days there, but there's nothing really to look into here. Browns coach Mike Patton afterwards basically said, got to get the backups a couple reps with the starters at least, so there's nothing really to find here. Basically called... Uh, McCown firmly the starter so I mean neither of these guys I'm touching in drafts unless they're sitting in a deep two quarterback league but I mean at the same time who knows what happens with Manziel I could see it playing out similar to last season where as long as McCown is serviceable and which he should be with a healthy offensive line he's going to get that job uh, until he throws eight interceptions in three weeks or something like Hoyer did last year and then maybe they'll think about it but I mean Manziel his outlook's a little bit better than last year but 
still not enough to take him, even in the deepest of two quarterback formats. In a best case scenario this year, he's some someone that Eric and I will talk about on the waiver wire podcast on a Tuesday down the road if McCown were to get hurt or or some terrible stretch happens there. But again, I don't know. Just wanted to redo the quarterback situation, make sure that's uh, fresh with our listeners. But at the same time, stay away from both these guys unless you're in a 16 team or greater. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of a kind of crazy thinking back to last year because I think we let off the podcast with Manziel news like three straight weeks. Last oh yeah, season. it was. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was quiet nonstop. overall, but at the same time the hype train was mm-hmm. uh, running wild. Some more quick ones to get to before we move on. Clay Matthews of the Packers dealing with a knee injury. Coach Mike McCarthy said there is no timetable uh, for his return to practice. DeMarco Murray missed Thursday's practice due to illness. Not worried about that, as did Trent Richardson. Uh, no, he actually returned to practice Thursday. My apologies. Uh, but at the same time, Jake, I mean, I, I would wager a large amount to say Trent Richardson does not make this team. Do you, do you agree? I mean, if he makes it, he's going to be right on the fringe. And when, if and when he doesn't make the team, he'll be hard-pressed to find a new home. He's going to have to take a veteran's minimum contract. He just hasn't lived up to anything that anyone thought he would be in the league no. so far. And you look at the yards per carry over the years and just the general performance, there's little reason to think uh, to think differently there. I can't fault the Raiders for bringing him in, giving him a look. But say, I, mean, I know he shed some weight too, but early reports out of camp are that there's just not a lot there, and uh, the field vision with this guy. I mean, it's like he, he can't see. I mean, it's like he's blind. He, there's a, a big hole on one side, and he runs right into the side that's, you know, clogged up. I, I just see it time and time again. I just don't see Trent Richardson having much of a future. Maybe he latches on with another team, but I really – I know there have been reports saying he's 50-50 at best to make the Raiders. I just, I just don't see that happening. Kenny Stills remains sidelined during camp dealing with a calf injury. Kevin White, a shin injury, expects to begin running next week. Football season is just a few weeks away at DraftKings.com. DraftKings.com is America's favorite one-week fantasy football site where you could win enormous cash prizes every week. Last season, eight players won a million dollars in one day just playing fantasy football. Don't just dominate your season-long leagues in 2015. Also play one-week fantasy at DraftKings.com. Head over to DraftKings.com now and enter promo code ROTOWIRE for free entry. DraftKings.com, bigger events, bigger winnings, bigger millionaires. Enter ROTOWIRE for free entry now at DraftKings.com. That's DraftKings.com. And Jake, just want to get into some kind of general uh, draft strategy, if you will. I mentioned that in the draft I did, the ROTOWIRE Vegas League draft, fun draft. But 14 teams, I usually don't do foot. I mean, I do baseball leagues that deep, but not really football. Mm-hmm. Do you? Are you in leagues that are 14 teams and beyond for football? Uh, yeah, we're actually doing a staff league that's 16 teams. We want to get all the office guys and uh, a lot of our interns that would like to play with us and interact a little bit more. Um, we're going to do we're going to do that, and that's going to be 16. And that's just going to be a snake draft, which I think is going to be rough. I, I, I like if I'm going to do something that deep, I'd rather do a. Uh, an auction at least so I can manage my budget and see kind of where I'm at. But at the same time, uh, I mean, let's do it. A 16 teamer, uh, nothing wrong with that at all. And uh, I've seen even bigger leagues before. It just gets tough with football because the player pool isn't quite there. And it's not like you can take prospects or something in football, but yeah, in general, uh, yeah. When you're looking at a league that big, uh, I don't know. Sometimes you can do some of these strategies, but at the same time, Drafting for value becomes a little bit tougher because I know in baseball, I like to tell people um, your first 10 picks of your draft, 
Take the best player on the board. Don't worry about filling out your positions. You can do that later. Football, sometimes a little bit different because there's less positions to fill and you need to make sure you have someone adequate. But still for me, with the top five or six picks, I'm drafting based on value, mm-hmm. even if I end up with three, four receivers in that span. Absolutely. I'm totally with you. And you know, deeper leagues, that man, that player pool thins out pretty quickly. But if we're talking about shallower leagues, looking at, you know, more classic, probably ten, twelve team maybe. What do you think of the zero RB strategy? We, we've seen a lot of discussion about that. I like it. I've liked it in recent years. It's I've had some success with it, but this year I, I'm not seeing myself doing it. I think I need a premier running back because again that that drop off. I need to. I think I need to get one within the first three rounds. What do What do you think? Do you see yourself potentially punting running back in the near year drafts this year? Well, it very much depends on how the draft is going and where I'm positioned in the draft. Those two factors are the most important for me. Uh, With the reason being, number one, if I have the first overall pick, I know a lot of people are giving Antonio Brown that, especially in PPR formats. I'm not quite on board with that. If I have the first overall pick, I like Le'Veon Bell in PPR, even with the suspension. And uh, it's I'm still torn between, uh, even though I'm a a big Packer fan, I'm torn between Eddie Lacy and Adrian Peterson for number one in a standard league. So I think if I'm drafting one, two, I'm probably going with a running back and forgetting about that punt running back strategy. I think the punt running back strategy works the best when you're drafting in the 8 to 11 range because you'll get, I mean, you get the two picks close by. You can get, uh, like, I know your last year, Vegas, you got Jordy Nelson and Julio Jones. Or, yeah, or something yep. like that so if you get a combination of receivers you're going to be able to get two guys in that in that tier or in that category you might even be able to get old Beckham at one of those if people are if uh, people are really heavy on the running backs and perhaps even a guy like AJ Green coming back so if you lock those players down or in that position I'd say go for it but then at the same time I mentioned I was pretty high on Adrian Peterson if I'm sitting at eight nine overall and he's falling to me oh, I, yeah. I I can't I, I can't bring myself, even if I go into the draft, everything I've prepared uh, to do a punt running back, receiver, receiver, start, if some sort of value like that passes up for me, personally, I can't, I can't, get, I can't just give it up or pass that up. So no. my draft strategy always depends on, on the flow of the draft and where exactly I'm drafting in that. Yeah, I think you're right that you have to draft for value because, you know, you, you can make up value at certain positions if you have you know two outstanding wide receivers maybe you don't need those marquee running backs but if you have such a a big negative at one of those starting running back spots you're really going to dig yourself a big hole and it's going to be hard even if you have great options elsewhere to really overcome that that Mm -hmm. deficit I think so you know I I'm also think of the mindset that you know the zero RB is as nice and again it's been successful for people in recent years, but I think jumping on that kind of trend, especially mm-hmm. if you're kind of newer to fantasy football or maybe just aren't that diehard into yeah. it, it is a little bit a of little a risky play. You know? Well, you do know two things with the zero running back strategy if you're going to employ that. Number one, you'll know right away that the first big free agent running back that comes out out of nowhere, mm-hmm. you're going to spend half or more of your fab money on it to get that, to lock it down. So that's one assurance that you know is, is going to happen, at least you know to go get that. Number two, Probably your last five, even six picks should be running backs, and they should be all high upside picks. Yeah, Yeah, basically flyers. Like I was talking, I previewed earlier, I mentioned Devontae Freeman. You can go after rookies that way, a lot of rookies and backups to some of the big guys. Uh, You know, maybe mix uh, Nile Davis in there for Charles or or 
who knows how who's going to back up Adrian Peterson in uh, in Minnesota at this point. But you're going to take backups and rookies and high upside guys that maybe you just are one injury away from uh, repeating there. And and if you are able to hit on one of those guys, I know when List did this in Vegas last year, he took Mark Ingram way down at the end and then ended up. Uh, he took one one other guy maybe he got someone off the waivers or something but i'm pretty sure he ended up winning that league employing that strategy mm-hmm. so uh yeah the two things you definitely want to keep in mind if you decide to go that route are first on the waiver wire week one so listen to those podcasts by us on tuesdays and uh and then number two high upside flyers man absolutely now we're about to wrap up things but i want to ask you about two quarterback leagues because i think two qb leagues are a lot of fun because it puts more value on on quarterbacks, obviously, but that makes it more like real life, you know, because in real life, quarterback's the most important position. Mm-hmm. And when you have two QB, two QB spots or a QB flex, which I know is gaining in popularity, it, it makes makes you really question and it makes, you know, you wonder, you know, where these top tier type of quarterbacks should rank among the other elite, you know, players, uh, you know, position players. What do you think? Do you think if you're in a two QB league that uh, you know guys like Rodgers, Andrew Luck are are one and two atop the board, and that there are probably other other QBs in the top ten that should go? Or do you think that uh, you know no matter what, even if you're in a two QB league, you should stack up on position guys? Yeah, I mean it depends on I guess how you're looking at it. Again, where you're drafting stuff like that. With uh, the top 10 in a 2QB league, you're probably looking at about 7, 8 of your top 10 being quarterback mm-hmm. if you use any of our custom auction val- or our custom rankings generators or auction values, they're going to be listed like that. So the quarterbacks are going to be super high because you don't want to sit there and end up with relying on a guy like, I don't know, Geno Smith or Joshua Cowan or Brian Hoyer or Castle, Mal- or Castle Manuel, whoever wins that, or Mallet. Because if you, if you miss out on that, too early and you decide to punt punting is just a bad strategy because you're essentially stuck with a dud as your second quarterback so of course it becomes a lot more important quarterbacks and and running backs in value arguably trade place in that type of format uh running backs still have a little bit of a premium because of the drop off there in a one quarterback league i think in just about any one quarterback league i've especially if it's a 12 teamer i feel very happy kind of sitting back and waiting even being the last person to take a quarterback because looking in terms of adp 9 through 11 are tony romo cam newton and ryan Tannehill. 13 is stafford so like all of those guys i'd be very comfortable being the anchor quarterback on my team so you can get away with punting quarterback in a one quarterback league definitely can't with a two quarterback league and Mm -hmm. at at the very minimum one of your top three picks has got to be a quarterback you know, I don't know how I feel about that. I think you're probably right, but see, I, I'm in a two QB league, ten teamer. It's my hometown, like big money league. All my, mm-hmm. you know, my brother and some good friends in there. You know, I've I've kind of been burned in the past, just like picking late in the first round, mm-hmm. being that you know QBs are flying off the board. You know, the first oh, yeah. five of the first seven picks are, are quarterbacks. You know, so I feel like. You know, if I don't get one here, I'm gonna have to. I'll get one on the way back. So I, I end up spending a high pick on a guy that has no business going that high. And so I think, mm-hmm. you know, I may take the take the strategy this year of just just going all out with elite position guys. If I miss out on Andrew Luck or Aaron Rodgers, now I put in my league settings into the RotoWire Draft Kit app, which is of course great. Uh, two QB leagues, so we have Andrew Luck one, Le'Veon Bell two, Aaron Rodgers three. I would have Rodgers two. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the next quarterback on the board is Drew Brees at 18, Russell Wilson at 19. So, I mean, that's fair. But I think if you miss out on those two guys, you get, you know, Lacey or Odell Beckham, Des Bryant, and another elite guy, maybe even a third elite guy before you take one. But but you'd need to get a quarterback, especially it's, – it's all about draft flow, but I think, you know, you could still get a guy like Roethlisberger, really like Roethlisberger, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a guy like Romo, even Kaepernick, who's, yeah. you know, I think rushing touchdown total is bound to increase this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kaepernick's ADP is 16 overall, so not even a QB1 in, I'd say, about 90% of these formats here. And that's one of the great things I just want to mention about the Rotowire app because you put in your settings and it gives you the custom rankings for you using our advanced algorithm. And if you have an inkling or you disagree with something, you can always use the manual rankings to adjust it or add notes to players, pick your sleepers, tier players if you want. So shameless plug for the DraftKit app there. But I, yeah, spot on with you. If you can, I mean, I'm looking at guys in the uh, in the in the teens kind of. And even, who knows, Teddy Bridgewater, there's a lot of upside there. Sam Bradford, I mentioned on Tuesday that I'm pretty high on just because of pace of play. So there are some second-tier guys that you uh, want to go with. But if you wait till past the third, fourth round, even some of those second-tier guys are going to start, start falling going, off. For so, sure. But at yeah. the same time, those people that took QBs in the first couple rounds are then going to have to be scrambling to stack up with value elsewhere. So maybe, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's probably around round six or seven where the second tier guys really start flying off the board even though most owners at least in my league end up getting two QBs before that time but even the, you know a QB3 because having a third QB is really important in that league too mm-hmm. it's definitely interesting we're going to be talking more strategy next week thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by DraftKings.com the leader in daily fantasy sports use the promo code Rotowire when you make your deposit also check out Rotowire free for 10 days by going to Rotowire.com slash pod. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with you tomorrow. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.